Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So good to be with you all here this morning. We're getting this thing figured out. And uh, welcome to all of you who are joining us online as well. Thanks for your patience with us as uh, we continue to navigate uh, this season. Uh, I'm going to take my mask off while uh, I'm preaching. If that's okay, we measured it's 20 feet, so you should be fine. And so thank you so much uh, uh, for understanding that. Uh, so good to be with you. We continue our sermon series uh, uh, holding on today. Uh, last week, I told you about uh, the motorcycle experience I had, and as I was kind of thinking about that, uh, thinking about the whole theme a bit more and this idea of holding on, I was reminded about a few years ago, uh, usually right before school, I don't know if any other parents have this sort of problem, my family, we have sort of a child care uh, dilemma, right? So we have to kind of navigate who's going to watch the kids because there's no summer camp and all this sort of stuff. And so I'll take a few days off usually, maybe take the kids to the beach or take them to Legoland or something. And a couple years ago, I was like, you know what? Let's go to Knott's Berry Farm, all right? So I hadn't been there in a couple decades. And so we got there early. We had stuffed ourselves with some cinnamon rolls or something like that. I think maybe it was a Cinnabon or something. And uh, we were at the first ones at the gates, right? We were ready there. I don't know if you've ever been there like that. And there's kind of a fever, right? They open up the gates and you just sort of run in. You're not even paying attention. I see the first roller coaster off on the side here. It's called the Ghost Rider, right? And it's like a barn. And I'm like, well, barn's cute for kids and stuff. It's going to be... It's going to be a nice little ride for my little ones for us to go on and get in line, get onto the uh, ghost rider. And, you know, since it's been a long time since I've been in Knott's Berry Farm, that ride wasn't there back in my day, right? And I discovered that, wow, that was not a Legoland roller coaster, right? It was more like, uh, from my day, Colossus over at Magic Mountain right? And so at one of the drops, one of the turns, the roller coaster, I mean, it was, the car was just shaking like this, right? And basically my stomach was up here, my lungs were down here, right? And I look over at my little one next to me, and she had the fear of God within her, right? I mean, I, she was like, I, she thought she was going to die. So I'm holding on, you know, to the bar. I grab onto her, and I'm yelling, it's going to be okay. But inside, I'm thinking, it might not be okay, right? I mean, I'd never been on the Ghost Rider before. And that whole thing, I was like, oh, we got off that ride. And we were just like, take a deep breath in. And that we learned two things. First, don't eat Cinnabons before you do something like that, okay? I don't want to get all into it. But second, we realize this ain't Legoland, right? We had taken it to a whole new level, and we had to hold on. And life is like that. You're expecting one thing, but all of a sudden the game changes, and life ratchets, ratchets up. And you have to hold on like you've never held on before. And I was thinking about it. That might be a good way for us to look at many parts of our life right now. We were living in Legoland, right? And all of a sudden, we're in a whole new amusement park, and the stakes are higher. The dangers are much higher. We're not on a kiddie ride. We're on the ghost rider, complete with health warnings, and you better not get on here if you don't meet these conditions, right? And when we look at it that way, and we look at what's going on in the world, we look at COVID-19, we look at the economic struggle, we look at the uh, racial strife like I've never seen it before, we look at the social media wars, we look at the politics on the rise, we look at divisiveness on the rise, even in families, even in churches, even amongst the best of friends. 
And we're like, whoa. This is a surreal time. It's a defining time. It's a refining time. It's a time to grow up a little bit. And on the one hand, that is completely scary. And on the other hand, it's completely awesome. Kind of like the Ghost Rider, right? We need to hold on more now than ever. And that's where Pastor Tim is going with this summer series. We got to hold on. Our whole summer series is focusing on that hold on. And if you remember, it all centers around Acts chapter 2, verse 42. That holding on is not just a concept for roller coasters or motorcycle rides or off-road adventures. Holding on is for life, and it's at the core of Christianity. Acts 2.42 says, they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. Last week, I talked about this, and that phrase, devoted themselves, is just one word, and it means to persist in something. It means to be engaged in something. It means to persevere in something. It means to continue it. It means to hold fast to it. It means to hold on to it. Hold on. And from the birth of Christianity, God's people have been doing that very thing. They have been holding on. That's what we talked about in the very first week in this series. And then we talked about, well, what do, what do we hold on to? We talked about holding on to the Word of God. Last week, we, the apostles' teaching. Last week, we talked about holding on to fellowship. That means holding on to each other in the deep-seated relationships we have in the body of Christ. This week, we're talking about holding on to prayer. It's a way that we do life together. Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves, right? So that means they continually and they persistently, they held on to the apostles teaching the word of God. They held on to the fellowship, the relationships with each other, to the breaking of bread, most likely the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. So we're looking at today, holding on to prayer. I mean, holding on to prayer for the Christian church has been a big deal always, but especially, I think, right now, we got to hold on to prayer. I was reminded of that in a powerful way multiple times this week. If you ever think about your prayer life, just analyze one week. You're probably praying a lot more than you realize, right? But this past Monday, it started out, in fact, a number of weeks ago, one of our prayer groups had approached me and said, hey, can we pray for you? Will you come to our virtual prayer meeting? I was like, that sounds good. And I didn't even know that we were preaching on prayer this week. God knew that. And so Sherry Clements, one of our prayer leaders, called me, and she said, and we got on this conference call, and they started praying for me, and it was just awesome. These women leaders, these prayer warriors, they were gathering for the 226th time this past Monday. Every Monday, 4 o'clock, they gather to pray. They pray for our church. They pray for our school. They pray for our nation. They pray for the mission of the church to go and reach all nations. They pray for our community. They pray for every one of you and me. They pray for us every week. And when you pray with other believers like that, man, your heart is just, it's encouraged. It's lifted up. It's filled up. Because together, you're talking with God and you're talking to God and the prayers, are, they're guided by the Holy Spirit. And truly, it's an experience that if you've never had, please do. Please join a group of people and just, just pray. And these leaders, these matriarchs of the faith on Monday, they started talking to me about prayer. They said, Pastor, prayer, prayer is the highest representation of our relationship with God and with each other. Prayer, it holds us together. And as they were talking, I was like, yeah, I know. I've experienced this before. And most profoundly in the past years, the, the pastors of the city of Orange, we gather once a month and we pray just for now. We just pray. 
And I'm telling you, every time that I'm able to join my brother pastors in that, it is powerful. It's powerful for me. It's powerful for them. It's powerful for our city. It's powerful for our churches. It's powerful for the mission that we've been called to to bring uh, the gospel to all people. That's kind of part of what looks like holding on to prayer. And, and if you ever think about prayer, prayer is like multifaceted. You can hold on to all different parts of prayer, right? There's prayer in groups like I'm talking about. There's prayer that we've already prayed together this morning in public worship. And then there's prayer when you're kind of just talking to God alone, right? That's the thing that happens every day, all the time. And all of that is basically just a conversation, right? Prayer is a conversation with someone you love and with someone who loves you. In fact, that's what one of the leaders this past Monday, she said to me, she said, we are created, Pastor, we're created for fellowship with God, and God wants to hear our voice, just like you want to hear the voice of those you love the most. My encouragement as you hold on to prayer is that those holy conversations that you have with God, that they happen every day and that they happen throughout the day. And when you do that, you're holding on. You're holding on to prayer. You see, Jesus, he held on to prayer all the time. And actually, before he taught us, isn't it good to hear a child in the church today? <laughs> Amen to that. Amen, buddy. Good to, good to hear you crying out. Jesus, he talked about prayer, right? He taught us how to pray. And right before he gave us the Lord's Prayer, he said these words about prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, he said, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners. They love to pray to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, Jesus says, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of the quantity, the, their many words. Don't be like them. Your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Jesus is highlighting for us that prayer doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be uh, poetic. It doesn't have to be scripted. It doesn't have to be so voluminous that you don't even know what you're talking about anymore. He's saying it's like talking to your dad, talking to your mentor, talking to anyone in your life that you love and respect and you look up to its conversation. Your heavenly father wants to hear your voice, just like any parent wants to hear the voice of their child. And your heavenly father, he knows what you're going to say before you even say it. But probably you need to say it out loud or think it out loud for yourself. And when we do that, we hold on to prayer. And I was kind of reminded about this past week. I don't know about you guys, sometimes I... The Lord just wakes me up like way too early, you know, like three or four in the morning. And then you're just like, all right, I guess this day is starting early, right? So I went out for a walk early, uh, early in the morning this past week. And I said, I'm just going to spend some time in prayer, talking with our Heavenly Father, our Papa, as the scriptures call him. And I didn't get any answers directly from him right away, right then. But it sure helped to talk it out with my Heavenly Father. That's prayer. You see, one of the hugest gifts that Jesus gives us in those words right there is that in prayer, he says, we're talking to our heavenly Father. 
I mean, it was radical in Jesus' day to talk about prayer in those sort of relational terms. To talk to our Heavenly Father. And sometimes I think we struggle with how that should go, right? Well, how do we talk to Him? How do we pray to Him? What do we say to Him? In fact, just a, a few weeks ago, one of the life groups that I'm a part of, uh, one of the members was, was asking a similar question. He said, can, can you give us any guidance on like, how to pray and how to talk to God? And it's a great question. And actually someone else in the group said, have you ever heard of that acronym called ACTS? Anybody ever heard the acronym ACTS? A-C-T-S? Okay, good. Well, you're going to learn something this morning, all right? Acts is a great way for you to think about holding on. And since we're studying the book of Acts, it kind of goes pretty well. Holding on to prayer right now. This is one way that you can think about talking to God. A stands for adoration. C stands for confession. T stands for thanksgiving. S stands for supplication. It's a quick and easy like, guide to help you in your prayer life. And I'm telling you, I've used it a ton over the years. When we talk about A for adoration, it just means to worship God. Worshiping God in your prayers and you're telling him who he is. You're saying, Father, you're awesome. Father, you're caring. Father, you're forgiving and you're loving and you're merciful and I honor you, Lord. Sometimes I'll do that with the whole alphabet. I'll just go A, B, C all the way down and, and find a characteristic, each letter of the alphabet for God and just praise him and worship him and adore him in prayer. That's A, adoration. C is confession. That's when you just confess your sins to God. You confess your thoughts and your words and your actions, the things you've done and you've left undone, and you say, God, I've done these things wrong in my life today, this past week. Lord, I need you in my life. Forgive me. That's C, confession. Adoration, confession, T, thanksgiving. That's when you just give thanks to God. Thank you, God, for hearing my prayer. Thank you, God, for forgiving me. Thank you, God, for loving me and accepting me as your child, even though I've done all these things wrong to you and to others. And then you just start giving thanks to God for everything that you can in your life, for your family, for your home, for your job, for the air, for living in Southern California, for the school, for our church, uh, for the blessings of food and electricity. You just start thanking God for everything, and the gratitude that overwhelms you gives you peace. A, adoration, C, confession, T, thanksgiving, and S is supplications. Now, we don't really use that word supplications too much, but supplication, it just basically means a request. It's like an ask of God. And it could be for healing. It could be for mercy. It could be for a sick friend. It could be for your kid who's struggling with something or your parents who are going through something or your spouse. It could be for your church. It could be for the government. It could be for the eradication of this COVID-19. It could be for peace and reconciliation in our world. It could be for all sorts of stuff, big and small, especially the kids. They get great little small ones, right, that warm your heart. Acts. It's one little, simple, helpful tool to help you hold on to prayer right now. A, adoration. C, confession. T, thanksgiving. Supplication. Now you know it. Go out. Hold on to prayer this week. Use it as a guy. But as I was thinking of that last one, the S, the supplication part, the requests to God, the asks that we do for God, I noticed something in my prayer life this past week. It happened on Monday, it happened on Tuesday when my, my kids prayed for me and my wife. On Wednesday, I prayed for a couple in their relationship. On Thursday, I prayed for a friend struggling with a family problem. Friday, I prayed for a family and with a family at the graveside. As, and I lamented with them and we buried the patriarch of the family and they'd been taken by cancer way too early. 
Yesterday, I officiated at a wedding, and we prayed for the couple's small, little, tiny wedding, and, and, and we prayed for their marriage, and, and, and the small, intimate group gathered there that their life would be blessed. In fact, it was an answer to prayer to be at that wedding. That's another story, but that's something to hold on to. But all these things I was starting to note about in, in my public prayer life, and then also in my private prayer life, everything there was good. It was good prayers. But there was one little thing missing. And it had to do with sort of an emphasis from my own prayer requests. And it came to light as I was reading Acts chapter 4. I was reading that the other day, preparing for this message, one of the quickest examples of prayer right after Acts 2.42. I hope it will kind of inform your prayer life and my prayer life. And Acts 4.23 says these words. It says, on their release, and I'll tell you what, what they were released from in a second, Peter and John, they went back to their own people, and they reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So they were released from the chief priests and the elders because they were arrested by them. They were thrown into jail. They were imprisoned and they were threatened unjustly because they were healing and preaching in the name of Jesus. And ironically, the church told them to not preach about Jesus anymore. But Peter and John, they just said, we're not going to do it. We're not going to listen to you. We are still going to proclaim the gospel of Jesus. This guy next to them had been healed, and they were kind of like, well, we can't really debate it, so we're going to let him go. And they, were, they, were, they, they let him go. They were bold. But remember, these are the people that had killed Jesus. What would stop them from killing Peter and John? They released them, and in 24 it says, when they heard this, that's Peter, John, and their group of believers, when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer, okay? This is an example of holding on to prayer in the early church. They, they raised their voices together in prayer to God, and they said, Sovereign Lord. So that's the adoration. This prayer is adoration and supplication. There's no confession or thanksgiving in it. That's okay. You can skip those other parts sometimes. They said, Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats. This is the supplication. Lord, consider their threats and listen to this prayer. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. They didn't pray for the safety of Peter and John. They didn't pray for their security. They didn't pray for themselves. But they prayed for courage for Peter and John to speak with boldness the very truth of Jesus and to be the presence of Jesus healing in the world. It was, I was looking at that and I was amazed. In Acts 4, 31, the prayer was answered. It said, after they prayed, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. And when I read that prayer, I was convicted. I was personally convicted because much of my prayer life, when it comes to that supplication part, 
When it comes to asking and requesting of God, much of my prayer life centers on me. It centers on my safety and my health and my security and my peace and everything I want for me. Those are not necessarily bad things in life. But if that's the only thing that I'm asking of God, Peter and John and their message speaks to us today. Because, I mean, look at their life. Talk about riding on the ghost rider. Peter and John, they were enduring far more than a pandemic or an economic hardship. The very people who had killed Jesus were after them. Their lives were at stake. And they prayed for what? They prayed for courage and boldness to speak the truth about Jesus. That is a whole new level of holding on to prayer. Hold on to prayer. And so coming out of that, my prayer, my prayer is that my prayers and your prayers will go beyond ourselves and go beyond our safety and beyond our security. Not that those are bad things but that we will pray for courage, for courage to be the presence of Jesus, courage to be the voice of Jesus in the midst of everything that is happening in this world because we are not in Legoland anymore, my friends. We're on the ghost rider and we've got to hold on to prayer and to each other in prayer. So I'm asking would you pray with me now as the body of Christ? Heavenly Father, Dad, Papa, Mentor, Guy, Leader, Savior, Redeemer, consider us, your servants. Enable us to be the presence of Jesus in this world. Enable us to speak your word with great boldness. Lord, whatever Jesus would say in the midst of these times, help us to speak those words. Whatever Jesus would say in the midst of the racial strife that's going on, help us to speak those words boldly. Whatever Jesus would say in the midst of this pandemic, help us to speak those words boldly. Whatever Jesus would say to those in leadership, let us speak those words boldly. Whatever Jesus would say to all those who need him the most, to all who long for only what he can bring, open our eyes to them, Lord, and let us speak his word, the word of Jesus, boldly. Heavenly Father, Dad, Papa, we are trying to hold on right now. And it's hard. Heavenly Father, help us to hold on to you in our prayer life. Hold on to each other in our prayers together. Help us to be the healing presence of Jesus and the voice of Jesus, bold and courageous. Help us discover what that voice is right now. We ask it in Jesus' name and by the power of the Spirit. Amen.